Welcome to episode number 35 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. We are uh, sitting here with uh, our good friend, Reverend Ivor Martin from Edinburgh, Scotland. Ivor, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's oh. been great. Also sitting here with uh, uh, Reverend Ross Hodges, our associate minister, and uh, we're here to talk a little bit about uh, the church in in Scotland. And uh, so, Ivor, just uh, just quickly, um, wanted to ask you a little bit about your background. And I know you've served as a minister, and now are serving in a in a, in a role in an academic institution. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. I grew up in a pastor's home. My dad was a pastor in the Free Church of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, when I left school, I did a gap year, and then I studied electronics in Aberdeen. I then went to the semiconductor industry. As a, I spent 12 years there as a microelectronics engineer. So I got involved with the whole Silicon Valley scene at that time from between um, 1980 and 1992. Um, 1992, I came to the point where I felt within myself that I, I, I needed to explore the possibility of ministry. Uh, we were very prayerful about it and um, I, I decided to apply and see what the church said. If the church agreed that I should be uh, accepted into ministry, then I would go for it. But if not, I was quite happy to stay as an engineer. But the rest is history. Mm. And you spent time in the San Francisco Bay Area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. on yeah. two, at least two occasions. We actually lived there once for six months and the other time for three months. So we got acquainted with the U.S. way of life and particularly the Californian way of life and Californian weather and geography mm-hmm. and the beauty of the Sierra Mountains and Yosemite. And it was wonderful. Indeed. It really was. And I think we've we've spoken about this before yeah. that I grew up in Santa Clara. Yeah. Uh, went yeah. to Cupertino High School right down yeah. from Apple Computers. Yeah. Yeah. and. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we we must have overlapped. Yes, uh, yeah. so it's, we probably bumped into each other uh, at the uh, grocery store. Or I think we did. Yeah, we must have. Yeah, yeah although I don't remember you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had uh, one of my soccer coaches growing up was was a Scot and uh, was one of my favorite coaches. So we had a lot of Scottish influence in the in the Bay Area. Sure. Um, so you uh, then were called to ministry, yeah. and uh, from there, where were you called to serve? Well, I graduated from seminary in '95. Uh, I spent a short time in in Stornoway, and then then I went to my first congregation, which was Bon Accord Free Church. I spent six and a half years there. That was a student congregation, city centre congregation, very busy, very lively, full of young people. And where was that? Uh, that was in Aberdeen. In Aberdeen. Yeah, that was in Aberdeen. And th- from there, in 2003, I was called to Stornoway Free Church, which is on the west coast of Scotland. It's on the Isle of Lewis. It's a bilingual congregation. They have Gaelic services, and because I could speak Gaelic, uh, I, I qualified to, to be their minister. Hmm. Uh, so I spent the next 12 years there. So Gaelic would be a language that most would not be familiar with. That's correct. Could yeah. you... Um, Say John three sixteen in Gaelic for us. Uh, I couldn't offhand. I would have to read it, but okay. uh, I could say, uh, "For me to live is Christ." Okay. Uh, wow. So uh, unlike anything. Unlike anything. Any, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. And and so served for about twenty years in those two congregations. Yep. And and then. Um, 
received a, a phone call that maybe was a little unexpected, perhaps? Yeah, I, I was for reasons best known to the to the uh, administrative personnel in the church. They they appointed me as a chair to the what then was the Free Church College Board. And uh, at that time, when I joined, uh, things were getting a little bit rough in, in financially for the Free Church of Scotland. The Free Church College was tied up with the Free Church, so uh, so the Free Church were, were having to ask some very searching questions about the future of the college financially. Uh, we were getting very few students, and we knew we had to do something drastic. Uh, so we had to sit down and put a, put a programme uh, to the board of change, and uh, what we believed was a positive change, uh, which would work in the college's interest. And one of that, one, one of these changes was to change the name of the of the college mm. to broaden uh, the appeal of the seminary to mm. uh, to give a message that uh, whereas students from other backgrounds had been welcome in the past, mm. we were now going going to go out there and look for students from other backgrounds. Mm. And uh, the rest is history. We we we. Uh, uh, they appointed me as uh, principal part-time first of all and that mm. seemed to work. Uh, I became a, a non-academic administrative principal, almost like a CEO, mm. and uh, things began to change very, very encouragingly for the, for the college. So uh, two years ago they appointed me as full-time principal. Mm. Yeah. Well, we certainly have seen uh, the Lord at yeah. work uh, at ETS and, yeah. and through your leadership, Ivor. And I know you've been over here for about three weeks uh, this summer. I know you're looking forward to going home tomorrow. Yep. We're, we're currently in between services at Christ Church Presbyterian. And Ivor preached a wonderful sermon uh, this morning from John 16 on the, the work, uh, role, and nature of the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, it was very encouraging. Thank you for your ministry amongst us. Well, we look forward you. to tonight. And... Um, yeah, uh, excited to see what the Lord's doing at ETS. I, I know there have been some figures like Sinclair Ferguson and Ian Hamilton who have done some lecturing and teaching and, and, and encouraging of the work. Yeah. And uh, they have a wonderful faculty there, Donald McLeod and others yeah. who are serving. And uh, we praise the Lord for the, for mm. the work of ETS and Thank uh, you. what's going on. Yeah, Ivor, one of the things that has been so enjoyable about having you here is just being able to talk about uh, the 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 culture of Scotland and the things that are going on and the, the challenges that you're uniquely facing there. And can you can you tell our listeners a little bit about, um, as a Christian and as a, the head of a Christian institution in Scotland, some of the particular challenges that you all are facing and, and therefore some of the ways that you're seeking to educate ministers and missionaries for the gospel in that context? Well, as you know, Scotland has a, has a very rich history, mm. uh, which is a blend of politics and religion and with by religion I mean Christ, the Christian yeah. faith mm -hmm. and it goes all the way back to the Reformation in 1560 mm -hmm. and there has been a historic tie-up between an understanding let's call it between the church and the state which ought to work and which has worked at particular times mm -hmm. um, but uh, in recent times Sadly, we've seen a change in the doctrinal position of the, the National Church, the Church of Scotland, and I don't want to, I don't want to say too much because, um, you know, there are good men mm. in the Church of Scotland, uh, but unfortunately, there has been a very tragic drift mm. 
that, that started with an undermining of the authority of Scripture. And once you go along that road, once you take these steps, it, it, it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in recent times, um, the uh, national church has become more progressive in its view of sexuality. And there has been a drift uh, of people away from the national church, uh, people who really feel that they can no longer support the national church. So that's one challenge that's that that, that we're facing. Um, there's a kind of fluidity in the church scene at the moment in Scotland. Um, we have taken some of the groups that have left the Church of Scotland. Other groups have remained independent as independent congregations mm-hmm. and other groups have, have joined other denominations. And, and so that has meant a sort of a, a flux in the, in the situation. Uh, coupled with that, there's a general trend towards secularism mm-hmm. uh, within Scotland, as there is in the whole of Europe and as there is in the United States. Yeah. Um, and, and what we have seen in Scotland, you are seeing in the, in the United States. Uh, and with that secularism comes a hostility towards the Christian faith, towards absolute values and uh, absolute morals. Mm. And uh, there has been a resistance to the gospel. And it is that resistance, I think, that is the biggest challenge. Mm. I don't care how much people hate the gospel. If they're willing to listen to it, then at least there's a road in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But where there's an unwillingness to listen uh, and an unwillingness to be reached by the gospel, then I think that's a big challenge. Sure. There's been a real effort uh, to plant new churches in, in Scotland, and this is not been really a priority of the free church up until recent years i yeah, think that's Is that right. right that's right uh free church has been around since 1843 uh with the great disruption and um has been a faithful gospel preaching church for a long time and yet now because of uh the uh the culture becoming secularized and church membership declining and uh, young people not uh, staying in the church. There's needed to be a real effort to be real outward mm-hmm. uh, in, in focus. And uh, you've shared with us that you're actually a part of a church sure. plant yeah. uh, in in the Edinburgh uh, greater area. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your, your church plant uh, and some of the other church plants going on and, and, yeah. and how you as a seminary are seeking to uh, to to train sure. church planters. Sure. Well, uh, over the last maybe two or three years, there has been, I think, uh, a change of direction in terms of um, um, being what we call, what I've heard people calling being on a mission footing. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that nobody was on a mission footing before. I right. think there were some, but I don't think that we really had realized the problem until recently. And I think that there is a, a very healthy drive at the moment towards church planting. Mm. Uh, we're not quite sure how much of it we can afford, but we're going out <laughs> in faith. Yes. And, and I do think that there is, there's always a risk to anything that is, is right. Um, we've planted a church recently in Stirling, mm. uh, which is one of the main towns in Scotland. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we've planted a church in Govan, which is a part of Glasgow. Um, uh, and and um, again, one particular individual has gone out in faith by himself to, to plant that church, and they're now having services. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church I belong to is another venture. It uh, is located in the Dalkeith area, which is in the south of Edinburgh. It's in a place called Newton Grange, and it's held in the Mining Museum in Scotland. And um, uh, that we, we have about maybe 35 people coming to that. We have a pastor, a church planting pastor, and we are really excited about that because we believe that it's the right thing. We believe we've been led there by the Lord to witness and to worship and to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're part of that. We're planning uh, in the next year or so to start churches in a place called Charleston in, <laughs> in, in, in Dundee, Scotland. It's an area in Dundee, yeah. Scotland. It's very different from the Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> Um, and so we're planning to, to to start a church there. We're also planning a church in Haddington, which is again outside of Edinburgh. Uh, so being in this kind of, of mode, uh, I do think that there's a place for Edinburgh Theological Seminary to recognise that and to, to train uh, pastors and workers to be involved in these places. Uh, by making them aware of some of the issues and some of the the concerns and and the challenges. Um, So we've actually started a missions department, Mm. a mission Mm. centre. We've had tremendous encouragement from friends within the Free Church and outside the Free Church. And this is, we, we believe that, again, we need to go ahead in faith and just do this. Mm. Uh, Our mission centre will provide resources for missionaries, of d- in different organisations. We believe that we are well placed to do that with our resources and with our heritage uh, because we are a, a centre of learning and mm. training uh, and, and, and God has given us that mm. you know, to, to, to share with others. Uh, we want to also train elders um, in the church. We, we see that there's perhaps been a deficiency in that mm. respect uh, in that we have appointed elders without preparing them properly Mm. and we also want to train uh, ministers to be church planters Um, but the other department that we're hoping to start is is a missiology department in which we want to provide a degree validated by Glasgow University which which will be a taught course in uh, reformed missiology Mm -hmm. which we think will will uh, provide a very, very important resource for the church. I think in my experience um, working with various institutions in theological education, that hasn't been a real emphasis, I think. Right. It, it seems to be maybe one class in a curriculum yeah. Yeah. or maybe you know, sort of a part of a church history class <clears throat> or something, um, the modern missionary movement. But, but to really teach... Uh, the nature and practice of, of mission, uh, domestic and, and, and international missions, it's, I think, maybe a deficiency of a lot of our mm. seminaries. I'm so glad to hear that, that you're going to yeah. be emphasizing that. Yeah. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Nathan Olson, mm-hmm. who's serving the Free Church sure. and helping to organize and yeah. raise money and yeah. encourage church planting in the area. He's yeah. from this area. That's right. The, yeah, yeah, I know Nathan. Yeah, yeah. And he's on the working group, which is behind the mission center so he's he's already involved wow. in this so mm. yeah i mean there are, there are already very important links between scotland and the u.s and we're yeah. really thankful for that yeah that's terrific now why either one of you why is it important for there to be a focus or teaching on reformed mission 
like reform a, a reform seminary teaching on missiology. John, you mentioned that that's some of the things that our seminaries have missed out on. But is it is it really that complicated? Like, do we need extra training on it? Uh, yeah, I, I I would love to hear. Uh, more from Ivor about that. I, in my experience here in America, there has been a lot of what uh, some have termed, you know, mission creep. That um, that the church. It's so easy to get caught up in doing so many things that are good things, mm-hmm. while neglecting uh, the primary mission of the church, which our Lord gave us in the Great Commission, which is to, to make disciples mm-hmm. uh, through the means that He's given to us, uh, namely teaching all that I have commanded you. Mm-hmm. All means all of Scripture, right? We don't just believe that Jesus' words were just the words in red, but everything from <laughs> Genesis to Revelation is the is the the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing Amen. by the word of Christ. And so we believe it's important to help our students to understand that while there are lots of good things the church can be involved in and doing, it must be uh, staunchly committed to the faithful proclamation of the gospel, intentional, bold evangelism, uh, uh, that we don't get caught up in focusing mainly on deeds over word because it is the word of God that will bring uh, through the spirit and by grace through faith will bring conversions um, uh, who is it uh, St. Francis of Assisi said to share the gospel at all times sometimes use words mm-hmm. uh, we believe you always need to use words mm-hmm. and that uh, there will be deeds of love associated with the mission but the mission can't turn into simply uh, our, our good works. Mm-hmm. We don't want the focus of mission to be our good works. We want it to be the good work of our Lord mm-hmm. Jesus Christ who, who died for sinners, and we want to preach that. And, and, and along with that, of course, our ecclesiology teaches us, and the apostles' example teaches us, that we are called to plant churches. Um, and that's what, what we see the apostles doing. We want to, to, to carry that on, um, because at the end of the day, it's those churches that will continue on with that work of making disciples. If we simply go in with some kind of a program or a plan or a, or a, a mercy ministry idea, and then you leave there, what's left? Mm-hmm. Um, we need to, 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 to plant churches and raise up ministers to, to preach the word. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And, but, but going back to the Reformation, there was a, a real emphasis between the gospel and education and by education mm. I mean the dissemination of information the truth because at the end of the day all truth is God's truth mm. it belongs to God and and I think uh, one of the advantages in having an academic perspective on mission uh, like we, we intend to do is that it forces you to take a step back and to review what you're doing mm. uh, from an objective view from a, an objective perspective uh, which I, I think that quite rightly and understandably, people who are involved in mission, they are so involved on the inside that sometimes it's it's easy just to lose sight of the big picture. Sort of provincial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course you get wrapped up in, in what you're doing, particularly mission work where, where mm-hmm. your emotions and your 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 energies and and your your circumstances are all so yeah. focused on what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I think missiology is where you take a step back and say, well, what am I doing mm-hmm. uh, in the big? And what do other people think of I'm and what I'm doing? And what is what what am I doing in the history of missions? Mm. Am I doing something new, or, <clears throat> um, or 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 when has this been ever done before? Yeah. 
Um, uh, so all of these, I think, um, are resolved and, 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 and addressed mm. by sitting down in the cold light of day and saying, right, you know, let, let's put this on paper um, and let's have a proper evaluation of what the church mm. is doing. Mm. Um, I think that's hugely important. Amen. Amen. Well, Ivor, it's really uh, been wonderful to have you with us this weekend. Yes. And uh, thank you so much for your ministry. Uh, not only to to our church uh, this weekend, but to uh, the wider church, uh, not only in Scotland, but uh, here in America. We know you've been a blessing to many. And uh, we'll certainly be praying uh, for uh, the work of Edinburgh Theological Seminary. And if you're over in Scotland, uh, if any of you of our listeners are in Scotland, please make sure to stop by and say hello. Absolutely. And I would be happy to receive you and maybe even give you some haggis uh, or... I can point you in the right (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode of Between the Times, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode.